Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the Basser Hour. The Basser Hour is an in-depth look at things affecting today's veteran. The Basser Hour is sponsored by www.hadit.com. If you need help with the VA, log on to hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Jay Basser. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Basser Hour. Today is Tuesday, 12th day of March, 2019. This year is going by like a rocket on rails. <laughs> Today, my co-host is Mr. Gerald Cook. And we have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Bash. A lot of you veterans know Dr. Bash. He's also the veterans medical advisor. He does uh, independent medical opinions and evaluations uh, for veterans claims. And he's been doing it for a very long time, and he's very good at it. How you doing today, Dr. Bash? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. We were going to discuss uh, something on the show. We were going to discuss your latest bash bulletin. I guess it was uh, how to survive a claim in 2019. <laughs> yeah, 2019. Yeah, the um, well, there's new rules that came out. You know, they're not letting the veterans have much in the way of um, adding new evidence. They're yeah, trying to cut back on the, the evidence. We covered some of that last week, discussing the, yeah, there's a lot of new factors involved, you know, and it, uh, it depends on which uh, road you choose to appeal bill, you know. When you get denied, you can choose all these different avenues to appeals now, and uh, one of them actually cuts off your uh, uh, adding new evidence. So that's uh, something the vet needs to really look at and understand, because if you follow with you know, if you get into this new appeal system and you select it and you can't add evidence, you must go ahead and jump because you're done. Yep, that's called the higher level review lane, right? Yep, I think it is. Yeah, higher level review. What's the change terminology today? You know, yep. Yep. higher level review, no new evidence allowed. Yep, that that could really hurt a veteran because so many times you don't get a hold of this. Some of this evidence till last minute. Yeah, uh, you go. And that's, that's right. not good. That's right, because you have to have extra testing, maybe, or maybe have a specialist look at it, or maybe, maybe the medical knowledge changes in the meantime. You have new new medical knowledge to help you. That's true. Very true. That's a tough one. I don't see how you know that one cannot survive. That that would put a hurt on an awful lot of veterans. Uh, Surely some that veterans, some, like, some veterans might take it because it's a faster lane, you know. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I mean, I, I know some veterans that went through the ramps process and their appeals. I know a couple of them that actually were successful in the process because uh, uh, both of them got ten percent for rating should have been sixty percent. So, you know, it's uh, kind of like uh, <clears throat> trying to like it's like. Trying to knock bowling pins down with a tennis ball. <laughs> right, right. So you get a fast review but a minimum rating. Yeah. <clears throat> so then the veterans got to yeah, appeal that decision, and you know, and you got to fight to get your correct percentage. And it's just, it's just a headache, you know. Which, and if you go to the traditional appeal, or they call it the legacy appeals process now. Excuse me for misquoting. Uh, <laughs> It's the same old process, you know, with the appeals, and I guess the backlog was was, uh, several thousand, uh, several hundred thousand, so I don't know exactly what it is today. I'd like to get some accurate numbers, but sometimes we don't have uh, access to the information as to the actual backlog itself. So, uh, It's a BVA, right? The BVA, but it still could be two years. Yeah, BVA. Yeah, two-year wait, yeah. You know, it wouldn't used to be that way, but... uh, 
somebody in D.C. decided they were going to go ahead and uh, put an emphasis on getting all these claims done to reduce the actual claims backlog. Well, they actually got the claims backlog reduced, but they did it at the phase of the, at the BVA because the backlog from claims just transferred, you know, with uh, from the VA regional office to the BVA because most of the claims are just, uh, I guess, auto denial. I guess is what we call it. Yeah. Now it's BVA. So. That next level BVA is supposed to be able to have some new evidence there again. So that that, that yeah. high level review lane, no evidence at first. Then you wait a few years. BVA you might be able to get some evidence in there, and then you have no decision. Yeah, I will. Yeah, so then the other pathway, the other pathway is that one called supplemental claim lane, right? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. Supplemental claim. Supplemental. So, yeah. So those are extra, extra reviews that you put new evidence in. They want to have something that's pertinent or relevant. You know, new evidence has to be relevant. So, so I'm. Oh I'm yeah, kind of that's a new word. Yeah, relevant, right? Another new word. It replaces new material. Easier to type, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> relevant. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah. So, I'm, so my my plan is to kind of try and make sure the veterans have the best claim up front. You know, try and front load this whole thing. Try and get the testing yep. done. Try and get the lay letter done. Try and get Nexus done. Try and get all that stuff up front. And then so yeah. when you get into those lanes, you gotta get to get like a little jump start on it, you know? Yeah. Because um if you don't have the if you don't have those claims. You know, something that's important is the way the way you identify the claim. It used to be you could write the claim on a piece of piece of toilet paper, you know, and put it in, but now you have to have a kind of specify what your what your issue is, what your secondary issues are. Mm-hmm. So it's complicated, you know, and the is loving to group things now. I see, like, necks, group with knees, group with hips, 10%. They group yep. all together. So it's, you know, veteran says, well, yeah. Here's a question for you, Dr. Bass, since you're, you know, you're, yeah. you're in this stuff, you're, you're a neuroradiologist. So a veteran has a claim, and he's got uh, neurological conditions, you know, uh, basically radiculopathies and things like that. But, you know, radiculopathies are nerve effects and things like that to muscles and your, like your shoulders and your arms. And, yeah. they, you know, say you, if you lose a lot of uh, atrophy, a lot of, lot of muscle mass in your shoulder and your arm, and it starts, you know, it locks up and has a lot of problems. Well, the nerve can cause sensory problems and it also can cause motor muscle problems, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why you see those claims that they talk about with the DBQs. They'll talk about range of motion. They'll talk about sensory yeah. radiculopathy, and they'll talk about the myelopathy. Mm-hmm. It's like the weakness, you know. So they can create yeah. all that stuff, you know. So yeah, that's so, why you have on the DBQ, you have the range of motion and the strength testing. A lot of times they kind of go together, but they don't have to. Yeah, it all depends on the nature of the, you know, if it's a traumatic or whatever injury or whatever, you know, happens yeah. it comes. You can tell. I mean, certain things happen with, uh, you know, spinal cord injuries and things like that. So it's just a, you know, it's just a different avenue. So, and I just, sometimes they don't rate it critically. They'll rate one issue instead of the other. Or they'll combine multiple ratings into one rating. Go ahead. It gets into, the, gets into the function, you know, like you might have numbness in your hands, but you have pretty good grip strength, you know, so they can rate yeah. They could rate kind of the worst one. It might they might rate the, the numbness and, and not rate the myelopathy, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. You can't you might have myelopathy, can't open jars, unless they can rate that strength um, weakness. Yeah, well, and that would bode on the uh, sensory or the uh, or the uh, functional issue of the nerve, wouldn't it? Right. You know, because right. if you're sensory impaired, yeah. You can have motor. You can be motor, motor, motor effective, but sometimes your sensory is gone. So you know you can move your hand. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of it. You know, a lot of the things based on the motor because that was where the schedule was set up for people's function. You know, they can shovel. They can't walk. You know, like the classic thing is you can't walk or you need a cane, mm-hmm. crutches. All that stuff adds to your you know, adds to your rating. But also, if you have sensory problems such that 
you don't have good balance, you can fall based on balance, you can still get a high uh-huh. high rating for sensory problems, you know, for the same kind of function. Uh-huh. That's true. So it's a mixture, you know. You know, as yeah. as usual rating schedule is kind of based on function, regardless of whether it comes at you know, nerve from motor or nerve from sensory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the way it's set up, I mean, it's a little bit different self security situation. You know, VA set up on the amount of uh, the amount of working ability you lose due to your service sense condition. You know, that's how they set. That's mm-hmm. how they base it in the actual environment, and it's based on the wage scale too. It's not based on social security's all or none. This is based off the off the federal wage scale, and you know, across the country. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's how. That's why. And so security's changing the yeah. thing too. They're asking for more objective, more objective testing than they're using nurse practitioners now too. So I'm starting to use I'm starting to use the DBQs. Like I'll do a DBQ for a patient, maybe for a VA claim, and I'll use that same DBQ and send to Social Security because it gives you nice objective muscle testing, mm-hmm. range of motion, strength, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Because they don't think, they still have that functional assessment. They give give the patient give the well, give the claimants. Yeah, they have that, but I, I'm using the DBQs. Yeah. yeah, but I'm also using DBQs because they'll take, you know, they'll take medical record information, right? So the DBQs got nice, has a nice layout of the, some of the same stuff they're asking in their functional testing, right, for Social Security. So I'm using that because it's easy, you know, it's easy. It's already in the record. Uh, Dr. Bash, have you seen yep. this new new report here where they're going to use genetic testing on veterans uh, in order to prescribe their their medicines? Uh, no, I haven't seen that, but I know I mean, it just is, come out uh, March the twelfth, uh, and uh, uh, to me it don't look good, but. Some people may like it. Uh, I could see uh, uh, abuse, you know, it could be used for a lot of abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they claim that uh, a veterans genetically, you know, if they have heart trouble, well, it's genetic because it comes down the family line and, and it's not uh, a VA or... You know, you you couldn't have got it in the service. Couldn't have happened in the service. I can see a lot of room mm. for abuse here. Yeah, they always that's always been a, a, a scapegoat pathway for the VA to say that it was a, a genetic disease versus an acquired. You know, but the the genetics are interesting because you can have susceptibility. Say, for example, somebody has a genetic susceptibility to anaphylactic anaphylactic reaction. And you give them, yeah. you give them a vaccine, you give them a vaccine, and they die. You know, so you can say, well, the patient had a susceptibility to it, but if he wasn't in service and he didn't give him a vaccine, he wouldn't have died. You know, so the, the genetic susceptibility is, is involved in a lot of diseases, but those diseases are oftentimes manifest due to the environment or the situation the patient's in. You know. Well, if used properly, it could be it turn out to be a uh, great thing. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can see room for so much abuse that, and and who's to establish the uh, uh, tolerances on this? You know, is it going to be uh, between four or five? I mean. Uh, Four and ten, and then they keep changing it. Four to nine, four to uh, eight, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And 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 uh, I can see so much room for abuse. Uh, overall, uh, like I say, if not abused, it could turn out to be a beneficial. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the. Um, I was just trying to think about an analogy. One analogy is the idea with. Um, you know, a DIC case of somebody who's and a patient died from some disease process that lent assistance to his death or lent assistance to the development of disease, then the veteran still gets credit for it. So say, for example, the patient has some genetic susceptibility to some disease, but their service or their environment they're in, in the military um, lent assistance to the development of that disease or made it develop earlier, you might be able to argue that, that you know, the disease was made, was made worse 
are aggravated by the environment. That might be the way to, you know, get around the abuse of the genetic part of it. Uh, Dr. Mash, I want to switch up a little bit. Gerald was talking earlier today. We were discussing, uh, he saw an article, and uh, he discussed a little bit. The VA is coming, start, it's going to start doing genetic testing of the veterans. And I guess I don't you know, understand where they're going to do it, but I think they're going to try to, uh, there's something coming down the pipe, and I, I can't really figure it out just yet, but uh, if they start doing this genetic testing, that's when a group of veterans in certain areas, certain, you know, these conditions where a lot of conditions are congenital, uh, and I think they're going to, yeah. That's something that uh, we were discussing. Have you heard anything, have you heard anything about that? No, I haven't seen, I haven't seen that. He just talked about that a little bit, but... Um, I don't know what was what was the purpose of it. Did they say they're trying to use it for making diseases, you know, treat diseases better or something like that? Yes, that's that's, uh, yeah. that's our yeah. excuse. Yeah, that's the that's and, the worm uh, on the hook. But I can see uh, room for a lot of abuse here. Uh, yeah. I don't know who's who's going to have the oversight over this, but. Uh, it's something that we need to keep an eye on because I can see it be uh, very important to a lot of veterans. Uh, like I say, if used properly, it could be a great thing. But if not, uh, if they use it as a weapon against veterans, then uh, there could be some trouble. Well, like I said, you know, in my mind, that. We know that most diseases are some mixture of environment plus genetics, you know. So if I had to write a medical opinion about that, and I could find some research or literature that pointed to the fact that the, that the environment made the genetics worse, then I could, you know, write a nice medical opinion around that. So I don't oh, know. Okay. I, could, I could take those one by one, you know. But, you know, you're right. The VAs, I don't get to deal with all the cases, so there might be a lot of cases that go through that are turned down just all based on the... Gene, you know, gene, gene makeup. Actually, I'm thinking down the pike. No, no, you guys don't quote me on this, but you know the most popular claim now with the VA, besides tinnitus. Okay, <laughs> the most popular claim is diabetes, and diabetes is like a roadmap because it's got so many secondaries attached to it down the road that. People usually wind up with high level special monthly compensation by having diabetes when it gets really bad, you know, because you get peripheral neuropathy and loss of use and things like that. So there's people knocking down some serious bank that's got that has diabetes. So I'm thinking they're starting to do a little bit of uh, fishing, and uh, they're trying to set the hook in something, and uh, you know the bait's already in the water. So, I mean it's. It may not be this year, it may not be next year, but I would say five or ten years down the pike, it's it coming. Well, yeah, they'll claim it's genetic. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's where we're headed, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, to put it bluntly, everything they do is based on someone's agenda. And how they word it and everything, situation like that, how they do it, you know, it depends on how to fulfill their agenda. If they want to, you know, they want to throw the bait and be a little subtle like that and then get the person to come up and bite, and next thing you know, there's a trouble hook in the water and you're, and you're hooked with Kevlar. Damn <laughs> <laughs> Kevlar. So, yep. <clears throat> That's. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, keep our, we'll keep we'll keep our eye out for that, you know, because you know there are types, of, you know, juvenile type one diabetes that's pretty genetically based, but the type two, we've always thought is not necessarily, but maybe it's, you know more medicine comes in and genes, you know, I'm sure is a mixture of of the gene and the environment. Yeah, probably. I mean, but you know, I think type two is more or less an issue with the pancreas. Myself it doesn't produce, you know. Yeah. 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 So, but. You know, type one's a type one's a bad deal too. I know some folks have had it, and they, a couple of them passed away. You know, over a period of time, you know, they wind up losing a hand and a foot and an arm. So it's a 
It's pretty sad. It's a dreadful disease, folks. Yes, it is. If you have it, if you have it, take care of it. Eat what, eat right. It's all about what you eat and how you eat it. That's true. And we eat it. <laughs> yeah, well, we need it too. That's right. So, I mean, you get the, we I know a couple of folks that are taking the U500 insulin, which is the strongest stuff made. And, uh, you know, that's that's pretty powerful stuff. You know, because uh, some people take the U100, this is five times stronger, so it's pretty bad stuff. <clears throat> but, uh, I don't know. So, Dr. Bash, what does it take to successfully win your claim in 2019? What's what? <laughs> what do you What do you advise? <laughs> well, I got my little I got my little bash bulletin, you know. So we talked yep. a little bit about the you know, first first thing is try and get your try and get your claim set up correct from the beginning, you know, and yeah, try and get your doctor to look at the different aspects. You know, my classic example is the old idea with the with the elephant, you know, that you have all these these fast visits now, these 15 minute visits, and everybody's just tackling one problem at a time. And, you know, your, your, your example is the diabetes, you know, where, you know, people have peripheral neuropathy and there's a thousand causes for that. And they have maybe some vision problems, there's a thousand causes for that. And you might have some cardiomyopathy and there's much causes for that. Nobody sit back and go, well, maybe he has diabetes, you know, for example, and it's causing all these other things. So if you put your claim in for diabetes with all the secondaries, you're going to have a much more successful route than putting your claim in for peripheral neuropathy and trying to blame it on 10,000 chemicals, you know, something like that. So you know, try and get the claim correctly done for the beginning if you can with the correct correct secondaries because the VA is not really looking for secondaries anymore and they're not really looking much for trying to do workups and do... I've been told that the, the Raiders have been told not to send it out for any secondary reviews or EVQs or testing or expert opinions. They've been told if it's not in the claim file, just deny it. So that first claim yeah. is going to be denied if it's not if it's not not developed right from the get go. Well, so I, I was diagnosed with di- I was diagnosed with diabetes in two thousand. What was it? About two thousand four, and uh, <clears throat> I didn't have diabetes. So I started taking the statin meds. That was fine. After about six years of taking statin meds, it uh, it, it, it got me pretty hard. So, I believe there's a relationship there between statin meds and diabetes. I've seen articles on it, but uh, nobody wants to touch it. Yeah, I haven't looked into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of issues. You know, I mean, and the statin medication is what it does. It lines your vessels, you know, and it uh, keeps the plaque build up in there. So, I guess it allows the uh, the uh, insulin stuff and the sugar to go right on through. So. I think it might have an issue with it, but they'll never. There's so much money in the diabetic industry anymore, in the in the, in the medicine industry. They'll never. Uh, they'll they'll never come up with a casual relationship with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just saw most people with diabetes. Yeah. Go ahead. I just did a little research while I talked about. I saw a couple articles on that. You know, talks about it. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it'd be something right. well, yeah, to look into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's something to look into. I mean, you know, if a veteran wants yeah, to win a claim. It says down regulation of glucose transmitters by statins. Yeah, so there's some. Uh, yeah. Yep, yeah, it could be a risk. They take. They said the benefits. The benefits of statins outweigh the risks of the diabetes. But depends on, depends on which depends on which disease you have, right? <laughs> It depends if you want to jump off a cliff over water or right. jump off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. 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 Heart attack, heart attack, or pancreas attack, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's why. You know, that's why we're in the world we are today. You know, things happen, and, mm-hmm. you know, your health is not, uh, I mean, people are living longer, but uh, mm-hmm. these medicines are helpful, but, uh, you know, 
unfortunately, you know, people have these and lifestyles and things like that, and genetics do do increase a person's risk for all these all these diseases and issues. So mm-hmm. that's exactly you know, the kind of stuff you want to put in your claim. You know, you'll put that right in your claim up front. You know, do they give me statin? I think statins are part of the process of diabetes. You know, put that in there. Mm-hmm. And try and develop it up up front. You know, You'd have things, to get a time on there. Yeah, make things consistent. You know, make sure that lay letters, lay letters consistent with the DBQ. It's consistent with the Nexus. They're consistent with the medical records. All those because the VA. One thing the VA does, they look for consistency between all those things. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing well, of I mean, it is, though, a lot of veterans are not aware that statin drugs will, will contribute to diabetes. Uh, until, you know, they get further along in it and they get diabetes, and then they say, well, look here, here's satin drugs is one of them that, you know, help instigate Mm -hmm. this, along with Mm -hmm. other meds. I'm sure there's other medicines that do the same thing. Well, these statin statin drugs have to mess around with. I know uh, back in the early days of Lipitor, there were some folks that... uh, they took that and uh, they had positional vertigo with it, and the room was the room was spinning around. They couldn't move or nothing. So, you know, that yeah, drug side effects drug side effects are a big deal. You know, it's a real deal. Yeah, it is, and that should be an issue if you have an issue. It's got major side effects on it. Those side effects should be taken care of if they change medication. You know, because I mean that was brought on by the medication itself. Yeah, each one of those, each one of the drugs um, should be looked at. It's kind of like the idea we have with the toxins, you know, the bad water. Each one of those things that the patient mm-hmm. has has been prescribed should be looked at. You know, what I when I look at a lot is the is the Motrin and the Gerd, you know, the secondary side effects. Yeah. But um, each one. And the VA doesn't really, you know, they don't really use medications much in the in the rating schedule. You know, it's not they're not sprinkling yeah. it out there very much. So it's something that's kind of overlooked in a way, I think, with the VA schedule. Right, I can see that. You know, I, mean, I just saw a report the other day. Uh, I think it was the state of New Mexico. They uh, ordered a military base to start doing assessments and studies because they had bad water. Do you see that? No, I know most, almost all the bases do because they recycle, you know, in the old days they recycled through their wells. So I think they're better now, but not, not, a, lot, mm-hmm. not a lot of bases have been tested, you know, not unless they're closing when the EPA gets in there. Oh, yeah, when they close them, they got to do environmental impact study stuff, and that's when they get done to find out what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Some of, some, you know. some of the live bases now are starting to test water more, but I think they're still behind a little bit, you know. Yeah. Some of these bases and depots, I guarantee it's got some bad water problems. they got a lot of bad stuff stored in places, you know. But, I mean, it's got to be stored somewhere. I had a, patient, a case of a patient. It was at Davis Mossman in Arizona, you know. And the Air Force base said, no, our water's, our water's good. But the, <laughs> what happened is it turned out the town, the city next door had bad water, you know. And yeah. so they got into it and started looking at it about, a third of the water supply for the base came from the bad water from the town, you know. So <laughs> the, the base, base didn't test their water, but they tested it next door, and it was bad, so the yeah. veteran got credit for it. That's the bone yard, isn't it, Davis Mossman? Yep, yep, yep. They yes. sure can. Like we have a place, man. Man. Oh, well. Okay, Dr. Bash, yeah, yeah. we got some noise there, but uh, that's yeah. a California number. You might know this person. Oh, is there Alice on there, Alice? I don't know. 925-381? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this Alice talking? Let's skip. Let's Hello, skip. can you hear me? Yeah, we yeah. hear skip. Okay. All righty. <laughs> yeah. I got a couple of questions for Dr. Bash. <clears throat> Go right ahead. I've been, yeah, I've been looking all over for about three years now, and I have a lot of veterans in my background. I'm a veteran, and they ask me many questions. 
And uh, in order to uh, put together a real successful claim, I'm hearing that it's better to have it professionally done right up front. And the thing I'm finding out after all this time is uh, basically there's no one out there doing DBQs and medical nexus and that sort of thing but Dr. Batch. If you want to smooth it through, is that true that to be successful you need to have all these things? Uh, you know, I think well, the DBQ... Yeah, yeah that's right. Okay, well, skip, skip and I, skip and I, been on the radio, on the TV show. You guys saw our little, our little bash YouTube, right? Skip's asking questions. <laughs> so anyway, Skip's asking more questions. Yeah. yeah, the uh, the DBQ, you know, I've been told that, you know, for those those uh, ready to rate claims, you know, if they come through, and they have a DBQ, they rate them. If there's no DBQ, they won't rate them. So the DBQ, I think, is really important. Um, it's the process, and they go to the PGA. The DBA judge will, will remand it and ask for a DBQ on the way out, you know. So um, I think the DBQ is important. The uh, yeah. last the last DBQs I've done, I've done a bunch of research on it. And if you read up, I think you'll come to the same conclusion that the DBQs are designed to go through your primary care team. And they're supposed to fill them out. And if you, uh, not that someone else can fill them out, but uh, if you take them to your primary care team, I think they're supposed to fill them out for you. And don't, you know, and uh, uh, that's what i done. They filled three or four of them out. And, of course, it took them a while, but they got it done. And I never heard no more about them. So that's just a suggestion. Uh, mention it. Take them to your primary care team and have them fill them out. Ask them to fill them out. I think they're supposed to. Uh, but yeah. if you have a doctor that'll do it, that's that's good too. But not every you... doctor. I, I had well, bad luck with doctors. They just uh, check a box or two and then sign it and go on. You know, they don't do them right. You know, um, those DBQs are really tricky because, like, for the spine one, for example, there's 177 questions, you know, one A, B, C, D, whatever. But each one of those questions kind of has, you know, like volumes of laws behind it. You start talking to, to Bill Krieger about some of those DBQ questions, and he'll talk about <clears throat> court cases and general counsel opinions and <clears throat> precedent-setting cases. All those things can all be focused on one single DBQ question. So... You know, the <laughs> you know the simple answer is not really the right answer for the DBQ sometimes. So you have to be really careful who's filling them out because it can do more harm than good sometimes. Yes, I think you're right. Absolutely. And if you're not making your your claim to the full extent of everything in the first time, I've read this that. Doesn't that just go into back to Washington and end up in a box with 400,000 other guys that are waiting <laughs> for an opinion? I mean, that's um, what takes yeah. seven years. Yes, you're right. So if you really will, in, if, if you, you have need a DBQ right off, I'll tell you that. I've got a dozen friends and relatives that, We've all tried to go to doctors and different people and help, and you can't get them. You need to go to Dr. Bass. I haven't found anybody else. Can you explain we'll what a CFR U.S. Code M21 is? You're talking about the Code of Federal Regulations and the M21, the VA, the VA adjudication book? Yeah, that's... Yeah, in other words, you need to put all those laws in your in your claim too. Then that would be well, not you, uh, that would not be good for the veteran. Can you explain a higher level of review? Yeah, 
Well, the, uh, well, Skip's talking about the lodge, you know. That's something that Krieger talks talk about that a lot these days, you know, about about how the Raiders aren't very well aren't very well trained in the rules, you know, and that the M21 is not that accurate as far as compared to what the CFRs and what the U.S. Code is and the precedent sets setting cases. Let me break it. And so these, let me break it down, Doctor Bass. Yeah. Let me let me let me, uh, let me break this down from a quality assurance standpoint. Um, dealing with the government, okay. United States Code, the Code of Federal Regulations, is called the, it's the main book. That's called the A, the A listing. Anything the VA uses as a assistance tool to do their job that's based off the Title 38 CFR, Part 3 and Part 4, that's called a Level B. And that's self-written by the VA. They've got their own rules, but it's supposed to actually follow the instructions issued in the Title 38 CFR. It's not always the case. And then sometimes there's issues to where they follow the M21, which is still a government document, but it's not, it's not law, the Title 38 law, and this is, a work, this is a workbook, what they're using. So that's, uh, sometimes things get a little bit mm-hmm. out, of, out of whack and out of sorts. You know, that's that's the quality assurance point on it, you know, because basically the buck stops with the Title 38. Anything dealing with the M21 that's not in relation to the Title 38 is a falsehood. So sometimes that can be proven, So, And, you know, they start adding, uh, uh, sometimes they'll add, uh, well, you, the, this shows you might deserve 60%, but we think it's more appropriate to give you 40% based on this, you know, this and that. When the regulations clearly state you have this condition of 60%. You follow me? Yeah, so that, so that M21, the workbook, is a way that the VA can mm-hmm. kind of bias, they can bias the, um, the law, and most veterans don't know because the veteran, the VOCA, M21 says this, and the veteran thinks that's the law when it's not. And the only way you get it fixed, is like the Skip was talking about, is going to the to the big box to the BBA five years down the road and let the BBA read the rule of law and then get it corrected, right? Yeah, I always stay with the 38 CFR. Don't, uh, you know, the uh, M21 is just a, a reference uh, thing, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, your 38 CFR is law, and that's what you need to to be quoting. Uh, mm-hmm. What what the law? Krieger, not... says, Krieger says that the DA's teaching the Raiders based on M21 and testing them on M21 and writing the their error rate based on M21 when it might not be anywhere near what the law says. You know, that's true. That's true. I mean, it, that, yeah, that, that's the way it's worded. I mean, it's still a VA document, the M21, and it's still their Bible. Okay. I mean, they read that more in the, in the Bible on Sundays in church, but uh, it's still it's still a level B, okay? Yeah. And the level B document is different than the level A. The level A always takes precedence over level B, and that's a quality assurance point. Now, not in anything, not even any type of law, you know, any type of law, uh, any type of manufacturing, any type of quality system. Level A is the boss. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think a lot of I think a lot of veterans are losing their mm-hmm. claims because of level B, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yep. it can be oh. misleading. Mm-hmm. It is. And and I've had uh, uh, several arguments over the M21 because uh, the Raider or whoever I was talking to at the VA would would be quoting the M21. And I said that's not the law. It, the the uh, 38 CFR is law. I said, uh, I don't care what's in the M21. <laughs> don't mean nothing. I mean, it's a law that means, uh, you know, what they should be looking at. And, of course, that's a good way to make enemies, which I've got plenty of them. Let's put it this way. You get a hmm. claim to Veterans Court. You get an issue to Veterans Court, and you go in front of the judge, and you've got your circuit court to Veterans Court. I don't see an M21 nowhere in the damn building. They got the Title 38 in the building, but the M21's out the window. <laughs> yes, wow. it is. Yeah. 
So mm-hmm. kind of keep that in mind. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if you have a claim, be able to reference uh, the uh, uh, 38 CFR, uh, the uh, sections in it that you you attribute to your claim. And, and I wouldn't pay much attention to the M21. It's more or less a reference guide to, I mean, it gives the VA raider a chance to abuse the system, I think. It shouldn't even be there. I've got a, a real good question for for you guys. Uh, can you explain the bottom line? I get a lot of this stuff. What is the difference if you've got 70% or eight, 80 or 90% or whatever, and uh, and you're later in life, you find that you really need more help and more money. Bottom line is, how much money are we talking between 70 and 100%? Is it worth going back to Dick? Yes. <laughs> sure is. You talk the difference between seven, $1,700 and $3,000. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about is the bottom line. That's, in other words, the guy's sitting mm-hmm. there at 70 or 90 if he doesn't get the help and find his way all the way to the rest of it, mm-hmm. believe me, I know people that are really in great need of it, and they deserve it. They've, they've just outdone themselves for maybe four to five years, and they're in need of some more help. What their condition is, is, is the, can you help them with that, you know. Dr. Beck? Yeah, well, Skipper, you have a good point. You know, like, as people age, you know, as you age, the blood these disabilities get worse over time, you know. And so you really should go back and have your whole thing re-looked at. Secondary complications, maybe med- medication effect, and that can have a big effect on your percentages, you know, because like I said, the difference between 70% and 100% is a huge amount of money. So and, and once you get 100%, then you're eligible for SMC awards above that. All those things can be increasingly worse over time as you age, so... Yeah, I think I recommend veterans every five years or so go back and get the whole thing we looked at and reanalyzed to make sure that their, their claims are accurate now. Do you need, need new, you uh, you need new uh, DBQs or Nexus or anything like that? You need a full redo on it? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you got to look, yep. yeah, yeah. look at it. Yeah. And yeah. you need to state the laws in there yeah. Well, if it's a if it's an increase, remember the VA, the way they operate. It doesn't matter if you service connected for a condition. They're going to look at that condition. They're going to compare your current condition to the old condition. Has that condition uh, worsened over time? Which most of them yeah. do. I mean, you know. So, but they don't add it on. What they do, they start a new process. So it's like you found a claim all over again. You're going wow. through the yeah. BMP exams and everything for the increase. Everything's treated but as a for claim. that kind of money. It's well worth it. Everything's treated as a claim. That's how they do it. Even uh, if you add a dependent, it's treated as a claim. It is zero. Yes, it is. So yeah. then we're back. We're back to that. How to succeed in 2019? You know, DBQs, yep. letters, testing, medical evaluations. You know, you got to have all, everything lined up. Consistently, so that's a good, that's a good question, Skip. Because we have a lot of veterans like that that have, you know, they're sitting at sixty, seventy percent. Maybe you know, some of them are afraid to tackle the VA because they're losing what they have, or they don't know how to do it or what to do. You know, the, the rules are all changing, and they're not sure how to how to interface. And and two, and two, I think. Go ahead. Can you make any recommendations for, you know, those of us that are not up to date on it? I get a lot of questions and a lot of ideas from everyone. The best thing to do is uh, always make sure you've got a copy of your C-file, make sure you've got access to e-benefits, make sure you've got your copy of your complete medical record, Uh, look at all your testing you've had and things like that. For example, heart disease, Uh, say you, uh, 10 years ago, you got 
60% rating because you've got an ejection fraction of 50%, 49%, 48%. Say 10 years down the road, you start getting short of breath and you go have a heart cath done and you look up and your ejection fraction is 28%. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's 100% rating. Okay. Um, heart conditions, lung conditions, uh, things are going to kill you. Okay. I mean, a, a knee condition is not going to kill you. But anything, you know, functional, like your heart and your lungs, things like that, puts you, you know, puts you, puts you in the ground. Those are the worst ones because if you've got one condition, as you get older, they're going to get worse. And that's, that's just probably time. So those claims are a lot easier to win because it is what it is. I mean, you've got a heart cath and ejection fraction rating of 30%. You throw that in front of them, they cannot deny it because you're already service-connected for it anyway. Well, these, also some, these veterans need access to you guys. I mean, uh, other than research and everything, I'd, I'd like to hear slowly how you get in touch with, with any of you guys. Uh, you can find well, me you at go uh, to, uh, You can go to add.com and, yeah. and, and it's an excellent website. And, and you know, they... They cover about every category there is. Nah. Um, How about to directly to Dr. Bay? He's, he's making some good information. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm on the web, uh, Google Craig Dash, you know, www.veteranswithmedadvisor.com. Yeah. And then, um, that's a good way to find me, email. And, um, yeah, Skip, Skip makes a good point there. You know, Besides just getting an increased rating, it also affects people's medical care. Because when you go to the medical record in the VA, you see they're 100% rated for their heart, for example, like you was talking about. You know, it gets the attention of the nurse practitioner and the PA. You know, this guy's got some serious heart disease. So people pay attention to the record more, I think, because the ratings increase. So that's a nice fact. And, and two, remember that a lot of times the BA will lowball you, give you a lowball rating, and when uh, if you know to look in your 38 CFR, and uh, for instance, if if uh, like John was mentioning, uh, your uh, Ischemic uh, heart disease and and pulmonary hypertension. If you pressure so much, uh, you're entitled to some. You know, you should have this rating. And if you say that uh, you've been lowballed, you can come back and cue the BA and say, "Hey, you guys give me a low rating according to the CFR uh, paragraph such and such section." You know. Uh, you need to be able to look that up in the 38 CFRs. Now, here's a good one, Dr. Bash. I've known several veterans that were service-vectored uh, for like COPD or restrictive lung disease, interstitial lung disease, any, any of the lung diseases. Yeah. And later on in life, they had heart issues. They went to a heart cath, heart cath and... Uh, they got to read their heart cath information. Of course, a lot of veterans don't know this, how to do this. You know, you, you need somebody in the family that knows a little medical stuff, an RN or anybody that can help you. So if you look at your heart cath and you see your ejection fraction is uh, pretty decent, but you get down the heart cath and you look at your pulmonary artery pressures, it's, and it's, say if it's 30, 33, <laughs> you've got pulmonary yeah. hypertension. That's an automatic yeah. 100% disability. That's okay? Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And a lot of veterans yeah, do not know that. Yeah, that pulmonary hypertension is a big deal. It's a very devastating yeah. disease, and, and it can be secondary, like you talk about, to a lot of inhalational stuff. You know, veterans breathe in the dust and the smoke pits and whatever else they get in their lungs, and it can cause that interstitial to get, you know, thick, and then the pressures go up. And the problem is that's kind of a – there's some subtle findings on chest X-ray that radiologists can pick up on, but you need one of those heart casts. Not everybody gets a cath all the time, you know, and so they'll have a lot of cardiopulmonary problems and symptoms, mm-hmm. and they won't necessarily. And get echo will show it. Testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Echo will show it. Echo will show it. Yeah. Yeah. 
show like but some you know, some of those still some of the testing people don't get right off the bat, you know. So there's a lot of veterans out there that mm-hmm. have that that don't know it. You're right. Yeah, yeah a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Hey Jay Bassett, what you were gonna give your your email address for Skip he was asking. Okay, it's uh Jay Bassett. J B A S S E R at mymetronet dot net. What is it Metronet? Mymetronet dot net, yeah. Oh my Metronet, no <clears throat> Yeah, that's the uh that's a gigabyte internet service. It flies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, or for everyday veterans you can call me even. I've I've answered a lot of questions over the last three years. And, and I thank you all. For, I got a nine two five. I'm in California, but I'm I'm talking to um, uh, Iraq and uh, Marshall Islands, Guam, and all over the world. And anybody wants Good. wants some help, I'll be glad to answer anything I can. That's nine two five three eight one seven five six one. Skip. Okay. I want to thank you guys for all you do. Great information. Shoot me an email after a while. We'll we'll talk a little bit. Don't you? Right on. Thank you. All right. But, folks, Dr. Bash, any other points you want us to be successful in 2019? Yep. Just like the VA group of claims, if you see a group claim, you know, spine, neck, and knee together. Ask somebody to split it out because the VA is grouping all these claims and really cutting back on the benefits that way. No group, no grouping claims. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you catch that, folks, get put it snip it in the bud, as Barney Five says. Mm-hmm. You got to put a stop to it because the Title Thirty at CFR didn't group them, so why should the VA group them? Yeah, no, no grouping. Yeah, it tells you what's worse to group. It tells you what's what. No, that's my advice to anybody. You go online to uh, a GPO Access or like that, type in Title 38 CFR, Part 3 and Part 4. If you want to know more about the disability process and how, what they rate, look at the Part 4. It goes into every aspect. If you want to know how they rate and why they rate, go to Part 3 and start through the top and go to the bottom. It'll take you about three months to read it and understand it, but it's very well worth it. It's a good read. Until you get to the part special monthly compensation that leaves you scratching your head and taking your shoes off and wondering what happened. (laughs) 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 That's that's a whole subject for another two hour show. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to it. We'll be on Krieger talking about our world expert in CFR SMC, Krieger. Well, we're very fortunate, Dr. Bash, you are too, to have that man as as, as an assistant or aid to you. Because I've been doing this business for a long time, and he's one of the, he's probably one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever talked to dealing with the VA, yeah. and I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Yep. So, yep, yep, yep. And uh, so he's a very valuable person to have on the team. Thanks. You might you might be able to listen. Thanks, Bill, for all your help and educating us. He'll come back. You just take some little bit of surgery down him be back. If veterans have all questions, right. always feel free to ask them on the radio or try and answer. Okay. Well I guess now. You guys know how to get a Dr. Bash. It's uh, Dr. Bash at doctor.com. Uh, it's Dr. Bash at doctor.com. Is that right, Dr. Bash? That's right. That's then right. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can go to hadit.com. You can look up Jay Bash or send me a private message. Got me and uh, you can also look up Gerald. It's just J-R-E-L. Send me a message on Hadit if you need any information like that. Um, if you really want to get involved with Hadit, go ahead and register for the site and uh, get in the forums, and then uh, if you can, get on the forums, shoot me a message saying you joined the site, and uh, I'll get on and uh, get with T-Bird. We'll run some red tape and get you in the forum and help you out as much as we can. There's uh, 
about 19,000 veterans on had it, and there's a lot of them that like giving back and helping. So and there's a lot of people that's probably got the same condition that other veterans do, and, you know, it's kind of like word of mouth, uh, grassroots, you know, how did you do this, how did you do that, and here's what I did, and here's how I did this. So that's what I had it's all about. And uh, we've been fortunate to have them sponsor us on the radio for, I don't know, how many how many years now, Joe? <laughs> oh, my lands. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Quite a few. Uh, I'd say we'll, over we'll, 10 years they've had it, haven't yeah, over 10 years. Yeah, 10 years have had it. And uh, uh, maybe longer. Five or six I, years under. Yeah. Longer than I can I remember. We've been, doing, we've been doing it 15 at least. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got several thousand. We got a several thousand show archive, you know, that you can look at, listen to. So, you know, I mean, there's so many of them. If you if you get snowed in for two years, you can listen to a show every five every hour. And we've had some really uh, informational, get, you know, guests that uh, we we try to put guests on that have something that will. Be, to say that will benefit veterans, and mm-hmm. and that's what it's all about. We're we're just trying to pass the word along, and sometimes mm-hmm. we seem repetitious, but that's okay because if you're like me, you forget. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and there's uh, there's nothing wrong with uh, hearing it again, and let it sound like in. It's like that Tom Cruise movie come out a couple of years ago where he would go into battle against some aliens and get killed and then go back the next day and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's similar. That's your end. No. But, uh... Sorry. Yeah. Pretty <clears throat> soon it'll sink in. You'll say, well, doggone, that took me long enough. <laughs> so, Dr. Back, what's your lead time now? What's your lead time now? Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I don't I don't take them in a linear way, you know, like I try and do fight the fires first, like some guy might call as a DGA here in the yeah. next day or something, you know. So, but if, it, yeah. know, if the cases are in, you know, a couple of weeks, I try and roll them in a couple of weeks, you know. Sometimes, you know, I get DDQ, might, or we may, may have to request some testing, it takes a little while to get that back, you know. But I try and, and let get, me explain. You know, go too long, I forget, you know. Let me also state this. In order to get to, to have a successful opinion, especially one of the caliber of Dr. Bash's opinion, if you want to contact Dr. Bash, you contact him. But make sure, and this is not just for Dr. Bash, this is for the VA. The VA is a, very, is a stickler about making sure that all your evidence and all your medical history is given to the doctor to write the IMO. Because that's the question. He has all medical evidence. Okay, make sure he has it all. Because if he don't have it all, if I was Doctor Bash and had information, I couldn't write it. Because you know you got to you got to have a history and you got to know it. Because you just you're you're trying to cut down a tree with a with with a pocket tool. You got to you know you have to have all your. Now in the Navy we said you have to have your you know what in in, in one sock right. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, but a lot of veterans uh, winning cases because they there's evidence that they had in their records at home that they found when they started doing work with me, and they pulled out and they go, yep. "Look what I found!" You know, so it makes a difference. It wins the case up evidence. Mm-hmm. Well, you found my key well, for me. I appreciate that. You want to do it right the first go around, and information yep. gives you that ability. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, having the knowledge to do it, and that way you don't mm-hmm. make this mistake uh, so many mm-hmm. others do. Yeah, the other yeah. thing is not to make it too redundant. You know, a lot of veterans want to say it, you know, put the, put the records in multiple times, but these raiders don't have a lot of time now to review the cases. So you want to do a real succinct, like a like an executive summary with you know bits and pieces of the evidence and references pointed to it, and that way the raider can follow you know follow the outline and go look and verify stuff because. If you have sure. to look around a lot, you can't find it. You know, the clock is ticking and just deny it and keep going. So the organization right. of it is important, too. All right, gentlemen, we're out of time, guys. I tell you what, man, this has been an amazing show. We'll do it again next month if you want to. 
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.